You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton, Dylan Terriman, and Alex Varallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is great to be back. Uh, Work has been absolutely bananas in recent weeks. I apologize for that. Had a couple of shows where uh, my understanding was I would be able to call in during the show. That ended up not happening. So I appreciate Alex handling the show in the meantime. Uh, Luckily, I was was able to get uh, freed up tonight and from this, from tonight forward, uh, Tuesdays are going to be kept off my schedule uh, for anything outside of the show, so that won't be an issue anymore. And Alex has uh, got work stuff, and as we've said, Dylan, for the past couple months, has been uh, taking care of business, so he hasn't been able to join us. So hopefully next week, but glad to be here this week, folks. Uh, Jets played the Giants. As you know, that game already, to me, folks, feels like it was weeks ago. I've spent, you know, we've spent so much time discussing it, uh, going back, rewatching the game, looking at the box scores, re- you know, looking at the numbers, looking at listening to the pundits, drawing, you know, trying to draw what what conclusions we can from the preseason. And um, I, I honestly had to double check before I went live. I was like, I feel like that game was two weeks ago. I'm sure it was, you know, since I haven't done a show in a few weeks. I thought, how how does this feel like it was two weeks? It was four days. Four days ago. Feels like the game could have been played last month uh, in my mind. But some great stuff that came out of it. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and speaking of fantastic, let's start things off with a big thank you to our sponsor, Miles Social. Miles Social, if you are a business owner and you need someone to help you manage all of your social media platforms, because, I mean, let's face it, folks, we, we've lost count of how many apps and sites and platforms and this, that, the other, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, um, there's just every, every, what's the new one? Uh, Rumble. I think that's like a YouTube one, actually. I don't even know what the hell Rumble is. I heard someone mention the other day. Uh, Anyway, but no matter which platform you're looking to manage, any of them, all of them, some of them, reach out to Mile Social. Go to milesocial.com. That is M-I-L-E social, milesocial.com. And they will get you taken care of. Find out what Mile can do for you today. All right. So, Jets, Giants. And I want to get this out of the way, folks. I'm going to start right here because this, and I have at times been guilty of it, but it's getting out of hand now. Zero, no context. Nobody wants context. If I had a dollar for every time I hear, and, and this, it's not just Zach Wilson, any player. The, the, the criticism following a performance or the, the, the complete dismissal of that performance because the guy's playing backups. Oh, big deal. He's playing the twos. He's playing the threes. He's playing the fours. And I, listen, I'm not, this isn't to say there's not some validity to that. However, when you're talking not only about a rookie quarterback, but a rookie out of a small program, how many teams in his college career 
did Zach Wilson face where the defense had 11 guys who were good enough to be in an NFL camp? None. None. Zero. Never happened. I'm not talking starter, backup, third streak. In a camp. He didn't play a team that had 11 guys good enough to be in a camp. So as far as I'm concerned, yes, this was against primarily backup defenders. However, to offer context, it was still probably the best live defense he's ever faced in his life. Because you put, you put any NFL backups, the team Zach Wilson played in college, and they're going undefeated. That's just, that's just reality, folks. And can we also stop this thing where we pretend that there's only 11 guys on an entire NFL roster on offense or defense? Like, just because a guy isn't a starter doesn't mean he's not a good player. Doesn't mean he wouldn't be starting for another team. I, get, I understand the mindset. Like, you can't get excited about you. You can't get too excited about performing against backups. I get that. But this complete dismissal, I don't want to hear a word about what that guy did. He's played a bunch of guys. Do we, can we come up with a new occupation? Everybody's going to be a grocery bagger or a UPS driver. He's going to be delivering for UPS. He's going to be bagging groceries. Some of these guys are good enough to start on other teams. And even the guys who aren't good enough to start on other teams are better than the majority of the players Zach Wilson has ever faced. So this was a test for Zach Wilson in that he was facing 11 guys who were good enough to be in the NFL. Stick in the NFL? No, they're not all staying. But they're not all fourth stringers either. We act as if once the second stringers come in, he's facing a bunch of guys who are not NFL worthy. Like, just because you're not starting doesn't mean you're not better than the average college player, especially the average college player that Zach Wilson faced for the majority of his career. Let's not get too excited. But can we also stop with the moronic, let's not put him in Canton yet. If you know a single human being who suggests putting a player in Canton because of a preseason performance, stop talking to that person. It's, it's beyond idiotic. Don't put him in Canton. Nobody's, literally, literally, nobody's doing that. No sane human being in the history of this planet has suggested putting a player in Canton because of a good preseason game. And I get that it's a hyperbolic statement, but Jesus, it, it's like enough. So the number of times you see it, stop putting him in Canton. It was backups. Backup NFL players who were better than anyone he has faced up to that moment in his life. And he stepped up. Zach Wilson didn't turn it over. And he looked poised. He looked calm. That was the only time when there was no nerves. At one point, it looked like he was screaming at Morgan Moses, let's go, let's get this thing going. I think it was, it was one of his old linemen. I'm pretty sure it was Morgan Moses. Either way, he was pumped up. He was accurate. Threw a couple of darts on third down for big third down conversions. One to Keelan Cole. One to Corey Davis. And he looked good. He looked as good as, you know, listen. He looked, <laughs> anyone catch this? Who was it? Uh, Pro Football Network. So Pro Football Network, if you, in case you missed this, um, 
they uh, they they wrote a headline for Trevor Lawrence's debut, uh, and I guess Trevor Lawrence had like a fumble, looked a little bit sloppy, and then he then he settled down and he had a stat line. It, I forget what it was, but it was almost identical to Zach Wilson. So nearly identical stat lines. Uh, one guy had a fumble, the other guy didn't. And pro, I'm sure it was Pro Football Networks. I'm sure no, not Pro Football Network. Who that was it? Pro Football Talk, whichever one Mike Florio runs. I think that's his name. Um. So they write this headline that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence shines, Trevor Lawrence dominates, something like that. Something just gl- this glowing headline about how great Trevor Lawrence was, uh, who had an identical, if not, let's be honest, he had a worse day than uh, Zach Wilson. And then the Zach Wilson headline is, eh, Zach Wilson, eh, he, was, he, was, he didn't do anything. It's just it's Zach Wilson, he's, he's kind of there. Uh, I can't remember the exact headline, Un- like unimpressive or, you know, basically, yeah, he didn't do much. He, Zach Wilson didn't do a whole lot. What about the guy who had the identical stat line and a fumble to boot? Oh, he was amazing. He was great. Uh, so, so I sent out a tweet, Dell and Jets fans, and I don't generally do this. I normally think this kind of thing is stupid. But uh, they were so biased. I was like, Jet fans need to stop following these idiots on Twitter. And I don't follow them. I only see it because other people were tweeting it and criticizing them. Um. So I'm like, stop following these morons. And, uh, and, and the next day, I'm, I'm scrolling through my feed, and I see, like, a tweet, something I had retweeted or commented on, whatever it was. But it said blocked content. So I'm like, why can't I see that? If I, if I commented on that yesterday, I clearly saw it. And I clicked that, I realized it was them. Like, I, I, that might be the first. I don't, I don't know. Maybe other people have me blocked. I don't know. But it's the first that I know of. That I, so so uh, a, a, a football site that I don't follow blocked me. Um, which I think is great. I, I gave the analogy on Twitter uh, for those of you who are in my age bracket. You know, in the 80s, every single uh, atrocious sitcom had to have an episode or a, a scene where somebody would get fired from their job and then they would say, you can't fire me because I quit. Um, that was what I was going to use. I went with the old, uh, the person who gets broken up with and then says, no, I'm breaking up with you, like after they've been broken up with. That's just what it reminded me of. Just, I mean, it's really just, it's, the bias is ridiculous. And if you're going to be biased, don't get mad when you get called out. Be a grown-up. Um, but again, a, a site that I don't follow blocked me. I don't know what the logic is behind that. But anyway, uh, unfollow them, whoever they are. The Mike Florio one. Pro football, is it? Pro fo- it's got to be pro football talk. Yeah, PFT, pro football talk. I, I wouldn't follow them. Uh, well, I didn't follow them to begin with. But anyway, I digress. Zach Wilson in facing backup NFL players, mostly backup NFL players, but still the best players he'd ever faced, played well. He was poised. He was accurate. Uh, led, the te- led the Jets' offense to a, a field goal to open things up. And uh, nothing on the second drive, but it was all you could hope for. The Packers are up next. Jets practiced out there today. We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, or, yeah, they do uh, uh, joint practice for the next couple of days before they play on Saturday. But you've got to like Zach Wilson. You've got to like what he did. Um, how poised he looked. And on offense, you know, other guys that stood out, uh, you know, listen, everybody's loving what Denzel Mims did. Big day for him. Of course, the biggest play of the game, the uh, third down and 18, caught a slant and made made six guys miss, broke some tackles, picks up 20 yards for the first down. Listen, I don't know what's going on with him. No, I mean, no, the, the coaching staff isn't going to be honest and, you know, and tell you exactly why the guy isn't getting the reps he should be getting or at least that the fans expected him to get based on his skill set, his draft position, his, his, you know, his ability to, to make plays basically. 
Um, but Robert Sala has said in a couple, because he's, he's been asked about it consistently, um, and he has mentioned a couple times getting in the playbook, getting in the playbook. So you wonder if there's an issue there with Denzel Mims picking up the playbook. And there might be. But listen, as I said the other day, you can't tell me that you don't have room in your offense for a guy who's 6'3", 6'4", runs a sub-4, 440, can high point the ball, pull it down in a crowd, and make people miss. Like the guy was, there were a lot of people saying he was a first-round talent for a reason. Um, you felt like you got lucky to get him in round two. He was, for a guy who, you know, we've been through it, no camp, no preseason, blah, 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 COVID, blah, 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 all that, right? Misses, misses the first half of the season, steps on the field, and played all right. You know, he had like 40 yards, 60, 60, 60, you know, a few games in a row. Decent production for a rookie with no experience, uh, playing on a bad offense. And then all of a sudden, Darnold comes back in, game one, he catches a few balls. And then from then on, Denzel Mims saw like one, two, maybe three targets a game. It was ridiculous. He became the invisible man. But when he got the opportunity, he impressed. All things considered, when you consider his circumstance, the injuries, everything, he was impressive when they threw the ball at him. Just at some point, they stopped throwing the ball to him. So Denzel Mims, good for him. Great news to hear. Everyone's excited to see the guy have a big day. Everyone's rooting for him. Uh, Ty Johnson, I thought, looked explosive again. Um, I, You know, we've talked about him at great length this offseason. Talked about him a lot last year. Why isn't he getting the ball? Why isn't he getting the ball? Why isn't he getting the ball? Uh, now it looks like he's going to be a guy getting the ball. And I've said it before, don't be surprised if he's the leading rusher for this team this year. Uh, the thing is, though, they're going to use so many backs. Uh, I expect them to use at least three backs regularly. Um, and if no one gets injured, then they're probably all going to be just kind of jockeying for position uh, for the for the statistical leaders. Unless, you know, unless, if, if one of them absolutely dominates, that's a different story. But I would I would not be surprised if Johnson uh, ends up being the team's leading rusher. Michael Carter, interesting guy. I feel like the other night we saw a lot of the things from him that we expected. The one thing that I thought was missing didn't look as as, as explosive. I mean, and he's not, he's not known for that. He's not a, a huge explosion guy. But at the same time, the vision was there. The the lateral quickness, hitting the hole, you know, finding finding the finding <clears throat> finding the hole, pick up positive yards. But uh, once he got through, I didn't. I expect to see a little bit more explosion out of him, and that that wasn't there. And that's not to say he wasn't good. I just came away thinking, mm, you know, that's not uh, not exactly what I expected out of him there. Then, of course, um, a guy who I really got on the bandwagon last offseason and said he would have a big year last year uh, before he got hurt, Vincent Smith. Vincent Smith looked really good, had a few catches as well. Him and Denzel Mims tied for the team lead with three catches, had that great play on specials. The Braden man punt that he he was able to race down the field, momentum carrying him into the end zone, leaps up, batted the ball out from one yard line. That was fantastic. Didn't matter because uh, the Giants followed it up like a 50 yard run from uh, basically the product of uh, Zane Lewis safety, Zane Lewis Air Force. Um, just had had a free run at him and missed, and that was it. There was nobody there, so a big run for the Giants to get out of that that hole from the one yard line. Um, <clears throat> tight ends invisible. Um, some of these guys, I'm not sure why they're on the roster. Uh, Tyler Croft only had one chance. Had a short catch. Chris Herndon, one catch for nine yards. Um, I still, you guys know where I stand on this. I'm a Herndon guy. I've been a Herndon guy from the, the you know, from his rookie season. Uh, I, I, may, I, I just don't bail on guys as quickly as some people do. 
I would say the overwhelming majority of Jets fans, a surprising number, really. They're talking about Chris Herndon like he's, uh, you know, like he's somebody's eighth tight end who doesn't even deserve to, you know, to put on the cleats and get out to practice. Um, he's a good player. I, I would imagine my hope, because if you're following the team on Twitter or you're following the beat writers on Twitter, uh, Herndon's name came up quite a few times today. Uh, one for, you know, I saw at least one reporter comment on his blocking, uh, helping spring a big run. And uh, and I know we had a few catches. There was actually, what was it? Go back and watch that Giants game. They had a two tight end set with, uh, I believe it was Ryan Griffin was lined up on the left side. Everyone made their block on a on a Ty Johnson run, except Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin was sloppy. He missed. And uh, Johnson was held to a short gain. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, Herndon to me should be, if that's, you know, your primary two tight end set should be Herndon and Croft. Uh, both better blockers than Griffin. And really, you know, if this run game is going to get off the ground, because they are going to run it. The Jets are going to, we've, we've talked about this. No need to put undue pressure on Zach Wilson. You've got the, you've got the O-line up front to do it. You've got the receivers now. We've talked about how Keelan Cole likes to block and how uh, Corey Davis likes to block and your tight ends. If you keep Croft and, and Herndon in there, they both like to block. So you got some guys, you know, those are the things you need to spring those big runs. You know, the old linemen up front, you know, when they do their job, that's what gets you running back that, that first five, eight, ten yards. It's the receivers and tight ends getting on the guys in the secondary and putting them on their backs. That's what leads to the big, the big runs. So hopefully we see some of that. Hopefully Chris Herndon starts getting uh, – I, I, again, I've, I have no issue with Tyler Croft. It, it does seem that, you know, as Herndon wasn't picked by this regime, they seem to favor Croft. He got the, most, he got the majority of reps. I think Herndon only had seven reps last week, and a few of those were with the backups. So we'll see how that goes for Herndon, but it sounds like he was making a little bit of noise today at practicing Green Bay. Um, some, some lesser-known guys who I thought impressed, I think uh, – I think my favorite, <clears throat> pardon me, I, I think my favorite, in all honesty, uh, of, you know, the rookies, the backups, uh, and just, this is just talking offense now. We'll do defense next. But uh, Tristan Hoge at, uh, at left guard, and that's big, isn't it? Because let's touch on this real quick. Alex Lewis retired today, and probably the best thing for him. We don't know what was going on, but obviously – Something was not right for that guy. Had to sit out late last season with an undisclosed situation. Wasn't an injury. Uh, there were reports that he blew up at the coaches and this, that, and the other. Adam Gase <clears throat> uh, sat out the rest of the year, came back this year after a few weeks. The team puts him on what is it, the left squad list. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. But left squad list, that's it. And the, Jet, and the Jets just kept, even last year, they kind of, and we talked about this on the show before that they're they're the way they were describing it. You know, we support him. We're going to see him through this. It, you kind of got the feeling it was a personal issue, uh, a serious personal issue. Um, and today announced his retirement. So there's a guy who you expected to be in the mix to start at right guard, and he's gone. And you, you know, wish him luck for you know. Listen, this is a guy still plenty young, young enough to play this game. Maybe he comes back one day, but right now. He's plenty young enough to play. He's got millions of dollars on the table, and he walked away. So clearly something not right, uh, and you wish the guy all the best. Um, and while we're on that topic of the O-line, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Cam Clark placed on IR, that, that's final contusion. 
So the depth on the O-line taking a hit. And Tristan Hoge, uh, who played with Zach Wilson at BYU, did a really nice job. I, I thought he looked really good. I looked at his grades on PFF. They had him with a fantastic pass block grade and a sort of average run block grade. Maybe it was just because the, you know, you can't watch every guy on every play the entire time. But every time I watched Tristan Hoge run block, uh, I thought he looked really good. I mean, and they, they did run the ball majority of the time while he was in there, uh, you know, running off the clock late in the game. But I thought, and Emery Hunt, who we've had on the show, football game plan, friend of our show, um, he was raving about him, said he was looking really good. Um, I thought the same thing, commented on it, continued to watch him. And he just he just impressed me. And I thought, you know, this guy played really well at BYU. So is he a guy who uh, enters the mix for, for that guard spot, that right guard spot, who you would think, you know, you expect Van Roten to win it. <clears throat> um, and, he, you know, Van Roten also played quite well the other day. So good job by him. Um, you know, Kenny Yaboa, uh, again, uh, a player we talked about quite a bit, gets one opportunity, tries to hurdle a defender, and fumbles. And all of a sudden, like for three months, everyone's like, this guy's going to steal a roster spot. He's get, roster spot. He's getting playing time. He's going to take this guy's job. He's got one fumble. He sucks. Cut him. Cut him. He shouldn't make the roster. Why is he here? Get like, fans are insane. I mean, let's be honest. And I'm not saying I'm not. But Jesus, the bipolar. Three months, everyone's loving this guy. Loving him. Kenny Aboa, Kenny Aboa. Oh, he fumbled. He get the hell out of here. He can leave now. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic way to run a football team. Every every single guy in your roster, first mistake he makes, cut him. It's it's just insane. Uh, Daniel Brown, like I said, not sure. I mean, I know he's a special teams guy, but I would hope they'd find a way to to, uh, to replace him. But I'll tell you what, um, the guy who surprised me most, and I would I'm hoping like hell that I'm, I listen. If, if I say I don't expect much out of a player. If I say I don't think you guys very good, and, and we're talking Jets here, folks, I hope I'm dead wrong every time and any time. Um, Grant Hermans actually looked all right. Playing tackle, playing right tackle. This was a guy who, as I've mentioned before, I watched leading up to the draft, uh, I, two or three of his games, and I just came – and, you know, I, I'd never heard of him. You know, you, you don't – you, don't, you know, uh, small school – or well, not small school, but Purdue – uh, you know, offensive linemen don't tend to make highlight reels. You know, you got you to gotta look for these guys. And I was going through offensive linemen, college rosters. I saw his size. I thought, okay, prototypical size. Let's, let's fund this guy. Saw a couple of solid reports on him. I thought, okay, let's watch some Grant Hermans. And um, I just came away feeling like he was um, a little bit clumsy, like slo- I guess sloppy, for lack of a better term. And I just thought there's no way, you know, I, I don't want my team drafting this guy. And then when the Jets picked him up, I thought, oh, there's, I remember that guy. He wasn't very impressive. But listen, and I, I said, because he's got the prototypical size, if the coaching staff feels like there's something there to work with and they can get him on the right track, you know, who the hell knows what happens. And, you know, it's, it's, only, it's one good preseason game. But the bottom line is I, I'm just pointing out the fact that, you know, the guy far, out, far outplayed or far exceeded anything I thought we'd see from him at any point. So uh, that's just me saying I was wrong about Grant Herman already. He, if he never looked good again, then I, w- I was still wrong because I didn't think he'd ever do. I didn't think he'd look good in any game in the NFL. I thought bottom of the roster, first guy cut, um, and uh, he's still hanging around. Uh, they cut a few guys the other day. A couple, one four, the D lineman went to uh, IR. So that was um, 
that was that, that was good as far as I was concerned. He played well. I liked him. You know, I, I, I've mentioned the fact that watching him after the Jets picked him up, loved his first step, explosive, violent hands. But, you know, at best, he was probably a practice squad guy. And now he goes to um, injured reserve after reverting back to the Jets. Um, Austin Walter was the other guy who was another guy who was let go, as was uh, Chris Nagger, the kicker, who, you know, just had an atrocious kick. Uh, the other day from, what, 53, I think, and it was absolutely terrible. Uh, speaking of terrible, staying on the offensive side of the ball, Dan Feeney. Listen, <clears throat> I didn't understand why they signed him when they signed him. I watched a few of his games, and the more I saw of him, the less I understood why they signed him. I was very happy he had his fun mullet beer-jugging moments at the Islanders games because I thought this might be his best moment as a New York Jet. <clears throat> Boy, was he bad the other day. I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe he, everyone's like, oh, he's going to hang around. He's got position versatility. The fact that he's terrible, <laughs> does this not outweigh any of those things? Oh, he's, he plays guard, tackle, and center, which he doesn't, but I'm just saying. Like he plays, he plays center, he plays guard, does not play them well. Um, did not play them well the other day. Uh, Corey Levin, didn't watch him extensively, but I know uh, this play that got blown up in the backfield. And again, this this is at a point, Levin's got some NFL camps under his belt. He is, this was late in the game. He's facing third and fourth stringers. This isn't new to him. And uh, somebody just blew right past. I mean, he, he looked like he was standing still. <clears throat> Excuse me. You just think to yourself, yeah, you, even for a depth guy, you you got You can't let another depth guy make you look, you know, like an amateur. Um, and that's what we saw in that play. So that kind of that kind of wraps things up there uh, in terms of offense. Well, it's not Mike White. Mike White looks good. Yes, I'm a Mike White guy. I've been a Mike White guy for a while. Uh, he he looks good. He he looked like a serviceable backup, which is more than some people thought he would. Uh, you know, when the Jets when the Jets picked him up, all oh, camp body, he's gone. He won't be around long. Well, you know, not uh, not necessarily. Um, so moving on to the defense. This I wanted to I wanted to focus with the defense on the fact that because we've seen it so many times. Um, just it's so nice when, when you have high expectations for a group and they come in and right off the bat they deliver, and from the first drive. That when the Jets got the Giants to go three and out, they're jogging off the field, and I'm just thinking, God, let this be it. Let let this be the, no, they're not going to get everybody to go three and out. I, I'm not saying you know, I'm just saying let them be a problem for opposing offenses. And from the first snap, C.J. Mosley bats a pass down, or you know, uh, gets a hand on a pass over the middle, but deflects it for an incomplete pass. Second down, incomplete pass. You don't really see it because it doesn't show up in the box score. But Sheldon Rankins, I mean, he swiped the offensive lineman's hands right away from him. Guy couldn't get a hand on Rankins, and he just clear pass to the quarterback. That's why uh, Glennon had to get rid of it so quickly. Third down, a guy who we've been talking about for quite some time now, uh, comes off the edge, Bryce Huff, and gets a sack, his first of two on the day. And you just you just think, oh, that's when it, when it plays out exactly how it does in your mind. You know, when you spend the whole offseason thinking this front seven is going to cause some problems, if C.J. Mosley is even part of what, you know, even 80% of what he was, he's going to be a factor. 
I think Huff can get to the quarterback. Rankin should be dominant if he's healthy. These are all things we've said many times this offseason. So for that first series to let Mosley makes a play, Rankin's, you know, beats the snot out of the guy in front of him, and then Huff comes off the edge and picks up a sack. You're like, oh, okay, well, there it is. There's the formula. Let's just keep doing that, right? Yes, easier said than done, but you get what I'm saying. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, anticipating, you know, here's how I think things will play out with this team this year. And, like, it, at no point do you see it. It never happens. Um, or it just comes in flashes. So, like, it's one game. It's preseason. I get it. But it's still, I mean, there have been plenty of times where Jets fans have an expectation. And be it preseason, regular season, hell, practice. It doesn't always happen. And you're left scratching your head going, Jesus, that's not at all what I expected. Um, so it was great to see them come out and play well. Rankins didn't play a ton of snaps, but he looked fantastic. C.J. Mosley, as I said, looked really good. Blake Cashman played with the backups. He did a good job. Um, but the starter in that spot is who I really want to talk about, Ham- Hamza Nasruddin. We've talked about him a lot this offseason, sixth-round pick, who we've been saying could steal a starting job. It looks like he has done that. He has been with the starters from day one. And he had himself a forced fumble in this game. Athletic guy, as we know, played some safety, so he's going to have some good cover skills. So Hamza Nasruddin at the weak, weak side spot, something that fans have been, you know, hoping for, hoping would pan out. And now it looks like that might be the case. <clears throat> uh, a few other guys I wanted to mention. I, I, I only didn't lead with this guy because he's, he's a backup. He's a rookie. I get it. But for those of you who remember after the draft, after the Jets drafted Jonathan Marshall, I uh, I went out there. I think I tweeted eight, nine, ten of his plays that I found going back to watch some of his college games. And I said at the time, I said, you know, Jonathan Marshall is the classic guy who is going to be a better pro than he was college player. I, I, I can't tell you why he didn't have a ridiculously monstrous college career. But he didn't. He had one and a half sacks in 29 games, I believe, in college. As far as I'm concerned, he had one and a half the other day. Um, when the Giants got the ball and at the on their final drive and there was a sack for the safety, they gave Jonathan Marshall a half a sack on that play, and they gave the other half <clears throat> to uh, um, the Oregon State kid, uh, Rashid. And I, I don't get – watch that play. Rashid does get in there. But by the time he gets there, Jonathan Marshall has the quarterback's legs wrapped up and is pulling him down. <clears throat> and then Hamilcar Rashid comes in and jumps on the pile. Not the pile. It, 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 he does get to the quarterback. But it's uh, – <clears throat> I was surprised. As far as I'm concerned, that's, uh, that could have very easily been a Marshall sack. That would have given him one and a half on the day. And that would have tied his college career total. So in one pro game, um, he would have tied his his four-year total in college. So really impressive game for him. Javelin Guidry, who looks to have an inside track on that that uh, that corner spot. Another nice story. You know, we, look, we always love when these these undrafted guys come up and uh, and make plays. Rashid also had a uh, a sack earlier in the game. Uh, I mean, look, it was a nice hit, but, I mean, completely unblocked. Complete, nobody. He was 100% forgotten about. So he did his job. He got to the quarterback, wrapped him up. But uh, 
it was far from your typical beat the man in front of you and get to the quarterback. It was there is no man in front of you. Just get to the quarterback. But all in all, and, and I saw, you know, I've, I've said a few times that, you know, when I first started reading up on him and looking at his stats and looking at some of the, the highlights before I go in and watch the full games, I expected him to be a more explosive guy. Um, but And I didn't expect him to be as good against the run. But what I've seen from Rashid, you know, since then, since going back and watching full games, I was like, oh, he's a little bit less explosive than I expected, but he's much better against the run than I thought. So a, uh, a potential sort of all-around guy who maybe can't get to the quarterback a little bit, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Noah Dawkins played some snaps. I've mentioned him. He looked all right. Had a couple tackles, I believe. At least one, I think two. Um, again, I like his uh, I like his ability to cover sideline to sideline, and this team needs some depth at linebacker. Although I would imagine that if he stays healthy, uh, that's where Blake Cashman will make the roster and possibly push a guy like Dawkins. Uh, Bless Austin didn't play a whole lot, so not not really much to to go off of there. Some of these guys who you, I wanted to see a lot of. Uh, we just didn't. Uh, Austin played, well, I think he played 10 snaps, so hardly enough there. Brandon Eccles had a really nice pass broken up deep down the field, so a big play from him. And I'll tell you, you know who actually impressed me, um, and I feel bad for the guy, Tanzel Smart. Um, he's probably the last guy who would make this roster because of the depth at D-line, but I'm watching him and thinking, he looks pretty good today. Uh, better than he did, I think, at any point last season. Not that he looked terrible last season, he just he looked pedestrian. I thought he looked much better than that. Michael Dwumfor, who I mentioned earlier, had a half a sack and a fumble recovery, the fumble that was forced by Hamza Nasruddin. And he's on IR now, so that's it for him for the season. And uh, Zane Lewis, unfortunately, had the uh, the missed opportunity to make a big tackle. So nothing. Corey Ballantyne had a decent series where he batted a couple balls away. Uh, then he got a little bit complacent and uh, and gave up a touchdown. But the guy who uh, you got to keep an eye on because, I mean, very rarely do you see these early-ish picks not make a roster. But Jabari Zuniga did nothing again. Um, I I went. I can't remember if I mentioned it on here. I uh, at what point a few weeks ago I couldn't sleep one night. I stayed up and watched every single Jabari Zuniga snap from last year, and he was terrible. He was terrible. He did nothing. I think I think he had a tackle, like chased the guy down from behind after a run, and got in on the tackle. That was it. He he had more plays where he got just flat out decleated and buried. I think I saw that happen to him three or four times. Um, and and he didn't have four tackles, but he he got he got knocked on his rear end four times. So. Zuniga, man, that, that, I mean, that was a wake-up call for me. Like, I knew he wasn't very productive, but when I stopped and sat down and watched every single snap, it's like, wow, he wasn't just not productive. He was really bad. And uh, as it turned out, I thought he looked very out of place the other night, popped on the old, uh, waited a couple days till after the game, and popped on the old PFF scores, and he had by far the lowest grade on the team. Um, so, for you know, for all those who say uh, PFF, they just—they're just guessing. They're just—saw uh, somebody say the other day—they're just assigning random numbers. Listen, it's not scientific, but they're not—they're assigning random numbers. Um, Jabari Zuniga, lowest grade on the roster, uh, 29.6, 12 snaps. Um, so just really not—not not good for Zuniga this year or last. Um, He's got to make some plays, 
or he's, I mean, maybe you keep him on the practice squad to save face because you just drafted him. But he, he's he's got to have a monumental turnaround to get himself into the conversation of, you know, being a guy who can play on this D-line because the D-line is pretty ridiculous at this part, at this point. <clears throat> um, so next up, as I said, Green Bay Packers, Robert Sala said Zach Wilson will probably play a little bit more than he played last week. Uh, played two series last week against the Giants, which took him early into the second quarter. Uh, I, I guess I may as well mention James Morgan because we should talk about all the quarterbacks. He, you know, didn't do anything that was all that impressive. And um, I think I think Mike White is a guy who I think he's got a handle on that number two job if he uh, if he just keeps doing what he's doing. Could the Jets go out and add a veteran? Maybe, but uh, really. It's one of those deals where if Zach Wilson gets hurt, I mean, your season's over anyway. I don't know how many of us expect a, a Jets Super Bowl this year anyway. Although I will be wagering. I do every year. <clears throat> I don't think I did last year. This is, one of these years was an exception. But I always go down and throw some money on the Jets to win the Super Bowl because, hey, you never know, right? And uh, God forbid they ever do in my lifetime. It'd be nice to get a uh, nice little payday out of it. <clears throat> so... Zach Wilson at the top of the depth chart, and the other two guys behind him. Again, White and Morgan will battle it out. But uh, they practiced up in Green Bay today. Sounded like a lot more bad than good for Zach Wilson uh, in listening to the beat reporters or reading what the beat reporters were saying. Um, inaccurate, but did connect, you know, got a little bit hot at one point, connected with Corey Davis a couple times, hit Chris Herndon on a, uh, a pass, I think they said during 11-on-11s, kind of getting chased off his back foot. They... Uh, said he lofted a beautiful ball and just dropped it in the bucket into Herndon's hand. So Herndon, like I said, his name came up a few times as having catches and uh, and then uh, him making a big block to spring a run. So, some listen, some really good things happening for the Jets. Uh, you know, far from perfect. The corner situation is still up in the air, but we should know a little bit more about that this week. Aaron Rodgers won't play, so that's unfortunate. That would be... Uh, I mean, talk about a litmus test, preseason or not, Aaron Rodgers and his receivers for a few quarters or for a couple quarters um, would be the, the biggest test these guys have faced so far. But unfortunately, that will not be happening. Um, we'll keep an eye on the Herndon thing. It, you know, is he going to pass Tyler Croft? But I think, you know, these teams, when they get set on a guy, it's uh, it's hard to kind of uh, – it's hard to get a, a, a staff – a regime to to come off and 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 bench their guy for a guy that they didn't draft or sign and and that's kind of what it would take here um and it would be uh <clears throat> it would be sorry lost my train of thought there i just uh, just saw a just saw a tweet about Sam Darnold what are the panthers thinking no reps in their opener i mean i'm not i'm not here to discuss sam darnold literally just popped up on my screen while i was sitting here talking and I'm thinking Jesus how did I, I listen I like Matt Rule but I don't know about the wisdom behind uh sitting Sam Darnold and uh you know when you got to get him spun up so anyway uh <clears throat> got you know this week against the Packers I'm looking forward again see how these starters look will they go a little bit longer I would imagine but then uh Seeing these backups and seeing, listen, I want to see more Hoge. I want to see more Tristan Hoge because they got to figure out the guard spots. Uh, AVT still down. 
Uh, I think he was in pads today, but I don't know if he practiced or or to what extent he practiced. But I think they've all um, – I could be wrong, but I think they've ruled him out already um, for for Saturday night. But it'll be Saturday night. It'll be the Packers. Let's watch Denzel Mims. Let's see how he bounces back after a nice debut uh, for the, you know, the, the preseason opener against the Giants. See how this offensive line holds up. And reportedly, uh, that, was, that was one thing that jumped out to me today, and I get it, AVT wasn't in there. But it sounded like Mekhi Beckton was just getting abused today, um, left and right, it, you know, giving up sack after sack. Uh, let's, see how it, let's see what happens in game time. Because, you know, as, listen, it's, you know, sometimes these guys are working on things. You know, sometimes the guy's in a practice and the coach says, hey, uh, this week I want you to focus on trying this and see if it works better than that. And the guy does it and you come back and say, all right, that didn't work. Go back to the thing you were doing before that. So I'm not going to panic over, over some results in a joint practice. And, uh, and I think we all had a little scare the other day. Beckton was reportedly limping uh, during practice, but went right back in there a couple of days ago because I know there have been some concerns about his health. And rightfully so, but it, you know it's just time to keep watching the kids, watching them develop, and and see how the uh, the D line performs. Do they, you know, are they able to dial up plenty of pressure again without having to blitz? And if so, I mean it's great news for the defense. And uh, you know, having just mentioned Sam Darnold, I said the other day, man, if this defense, if they come out week one with this D line and this front seven, and they <clears throat> they can't figure out a way to slow him down, and they lose that opener to the Panthers. I think Jets fans are going to lose their minds. Um, you can't have a guy who ranked 32nd in the NFL as your quarterback come out and sling it around the yard against your new defensive-minded mastermind head coach and uh, and beat you in week one. So, you know, obviously we'll be previewing that in a couple of weeks, Darnold against the Jets. But uh, that's going to wrap this one up for us, folks. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And like I said, just with the, with the Wilson thing uh, – Anyone who says, anyone who goes through that, goes down that road of, you know, the, the, it was only, it's only preseason, it's only backups, it's only this. This is a 21, 20 year old quarterback out of BYU, maybe 23, however old, young, young rookie quarterback out of BYU in his first NFL camp. Every week he's going to face a defense better than anything he saw in college. So if he performs well, that means he's progressing. And he performed well. So hopefully uh, some big plays this week. And hopefully some more to talk about. I, I believe Elijah Moore has been ruled out already. Um, and that's a shame because it would have been nice to see him for the first time in green and white against another team. But uh, that'll have to wait. And if it means waiting until the opener, I'm fine with that. Get the guy healthy. Get him right. And, uh, and get ready for real football. But uh, Jets, Panthers, or Jets, Jets, Panthers, Jets, Packers, Jets, Packers this Saturday night. No Aaron Rodgers, but uh, another test for the Jets. And hopefully we're on here next week with some more good news about some more quality performances. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, as always, we will catch you next week. And hopefully uh, it'll be myself and Alex. And, uh, and hopefully get Dylan on board sometime again in the near future. But that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!